So this morning we're continuing in our series on the, the through Galatians. We're looking at each of the, these fruits of the Spirit, and this morning we're looking at kindness. Um, I appreciate everyone's kindness, even though their pastor doesn't know how to spell. Kind knees matters. Thank you. You're very kind for not pointing that out or uh, making fun of me. Let's, uh, let's turn to God's Word. We're going to look at uh, Jesus' instructions on the Sermon on the Mount in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36, and it'll be up on the screen uh, behind me. But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, What credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. And then from Galatians 5, verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So like, like a lot of you, I have uh, a New Year's resolution, and that is to, you know, to go to the gym, to get in a little better shape, and you know, to get through this long winter you know, emotionally and physically intact. And I had, a good, I had a really good run going there. I wanted a running start into the new year. So I started you know, even back in November, and I had a good three months going. I was going to the gym. I was getting there by 6 o'clock, and, and everything was great until like two weeks ago. And I, I had to go out of town for a couple days, and then that just kind of like threw me off. And I don't, you know, I don't, uh, I kept oversleeping and kind of making excuses and just lacking motivation. And I don't, you know, I don't really have anyone that meets me there. I just go by myself. And I was just oversleeping. And I realized this week when somebody said something very kindly to me, I realized that I was just really beating myself up about it and really down on myself and really not, you know, not being very uh, kind to myself even. And I was, uh, I was leaving the gym on Thursday morning. So I finally went back. I finally went back and I'm, and I'm, I'm actually walking out of the locker room and here comes this 
this guy, he's like very elderly. He actually has a cane. I mean, he was like as old as God. And he's coming to the gym. I mean, I think he actually might have been God or one of his messengers. He was that old, and, he's, and he was very kind. And he said to me on my way out, he said, you're done already? And I said, yep. And he said, way to go, early riser. And I was like, and he had this big smile on his face. And I was just like, you know, I've been saying, it made me so happy to hear that. It was such a nice thing to say because for the previous two weeks, I had just been like, come on, you loser, get out of bed. Why do you keep oversleeping? You say you want to do this. Why, don't, why, you know, why can't you get it together? Get there, you know, do this thing. And I realized I was like using, you know, the, the, the tape that was playing in my head was so unkind. And it took this guy going out of his way to say, an, uh, to say a really, really kind thing to a stranger to help me to realize that. And so we, you know, we have these, we have this, this idea of kindness that we're reflecting on and, and studying in God's word. And it's, it becomes this beautiful thing because it's a question that we can ask really in any situation in our lives. We can say, you know, how would kindness change this situation? How would kindness change the, this interaction I'm about to have with a coworker or a family member or a neighbor or, or whatever it might be? What would it look like to show the kindness of Jesus to this person right now? And kindness can sort of become this lens you know, like, like, a, like a set of glasses. It can become this lens that we look through our whole lives at. And we just think, am I, am I reflecting the kindness of God that's been shown to me in the way that I live my life and in these interactions that I, that I have? So the, the fruit of the Spirit is kindness, right? The fruit of the Spirit is kindness, how do we show that to, to a world that's watching us? How do we experience that in our lives? We're going to look at three questions this morning as we think about this, as we think about the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. We're going uh, to ask this question, what is kindness? What is kindness according to Jesus? Because I think we have you know, all kinds of associations with it. We have ideas of what it might be or what it might not be. But what is kindness according to the one that created it? What is kindness according to Jesus? Then second, how do I live kindness? <laughs> you know, how does my life just embody that and reflect it? How do I live it out in a really practical way, the kindness of Jesus? And then last, what's, what's our motivation for kindness? You know, how, how are we going to continue to live in this way that shows... Like that kid song said, that, that the fruit of the Spirit is kindness, that, that we're connected to God in that way. So what is kindness? How do we live kindly? And what's our motivation? So first, what, what is kindness? So we have to go to God's Word, and we have to look at, at what Jesus said. And uh, going to the Sermon on the Mount is the best place to go in thinking about this, because this is... Jesus' core sermon, so much of what he is about 
is found in this, in this sermon. And it's, it's such an important sermon. It's toward the beginning of his ministry. It's found in Matthew and Mark and Luke. Uh, this morning we're looking at Luke and what it says there. But when, when Jesus said, love your enemies, there must have been a huge gasp in the room. They must have been shocked. You know, don't let these, don't let these words of Jesus get, get dusty or, you know, get comfortable for us. When those people were gathered around and they heard this first sermon, there must have been a gasp because his all those people, they grew up in this context where it was all about the people of God, where it was about Israel, where it was about those, those chosen people. And this religion grew out of it, and they were misinterpreting God's laws and God's commandments. And they were so focused on themselves that, that they forgot. I mean, they were... They were God's chosen people, and they were pretty, pretty prideful about that. You know, they were really patting themselves on the back that I'm part of God's chosen people, while forgetting that again and again it says that they were blessed to be a blessing, that the reason God blessed them, that the reason God chose them was to share that, to be a royal priesthood to those around them. And a, you can't be a priest, you can't be a pastor without a flock, without people to minister to. That's who they were supposed to be. And, and, and they kind of had this excuse of, well, we're God's chosen people. So we don't have to love the Romans. We don't have to love the other people that are in Israel. We just kind of love ourselves and, and that's enough. Jesus said No. I don't want you to just love your best friend or love the people that look like you. I want you to love your enemies and love the people that persecute you. And when somebody asks for your shirt, give them your tunic also. And all of these incredible things that he said that would have shocked his audience. I want to shock you guys one of these weeks. Watch out. I'm not going to warn you. I'm really going to shock you. You're going to gasp. I got some ideas. That's what it had to have been like. Because this was a new teaching and a new teaching with authority. That we weren't just to love our neighbor as we define it, but to love our enemy, to be kind to our enemy. So Jesus says these four things. He says, love your enemies. Be kind to your enemies. Show tangibly that you love them this this never giving up, you know, agape love that's not dependent on someone's behavior. Jesus said, do good to those who hate you. So you could, you could translate that as be kind to the haters. There's people that just have it out for us for, for no reason. Be kind to them too. Bless those who curse you. If someone curses you, they're angry. So I, you know, my interpretation of that is be kind to the angry. Be kind to them too. And then fourth, Jesus said, pray for those who abuse you. Be kind to those that abuse you. Pray for them. 
Show kindness to them, even though they're showing you the opposite of kindness. And then it's all kind of summed up in verse 31, which we've come to know as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would want them to do to you. That's how it's, that's how it's summed up. Do we want people to be kind to us? <laughs> I mean, I know I do. Um, I, know, I know how good it felt when that guy went out of his way to be kind to me at the gym and to say, hey, way to go, early riser. I mean, I want that. And I also know, I know how good it feels when I encourage someone and when I'm kind to someone and when I, you know, when I discipline my son, not through fear or through anger, but through kindness, through love, because I want the best for him. Jesus says, when we live like this, when we are kind to people that are not kind to us, when we do unto others, we become children of the Most High God. Verse 35. Love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. I'm going to take you guys up on that today. I'm going to lend, and you're not going to get it back. Just kidding. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Now, sons of the Most High, children of the Most High, that's kind of a phrase that we might just uh, run right past, that we might not think about. I mean, we hear that a lot. Oh, children of God, that's so wonderful that that we're all children of God and everything. Well, what Jesus is actually talking about is a family resemblance. A family resemblance that we would actually look like God. You know, we have this expression in English today where we say, oh, he's a spitting image of his father. And we all know what that means. He looks just like his dad. That's what Jesus is talking about. His children look like him. His children act like him. His children behave like him. God is kind to the ungodly. God is kind to these sinners. God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. So be merciful, just as your Father is merciful, says 36. So when, when you're kind to people that have it out for you, when you're kind to that person that you're thinking about in your mind right now, that uh, has a problem with you for whatever reason, when you turn the other cheek and when you, uh, when you exchange love for, for hatred and, and misunderstanding, you have the family resemblance of God. You're being like God. Because isn't that, isn't that what God has done for me and for you? Isn't that grace to show someone love when they're showing you hate? Um, showing unconditional love and favor and acceptance to people that are ungrateful and wicked. Romans 5.10 says, For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We were God's enemies 
We were, as Jesus says here, ungrateful and wicked. We were unkind. We put him to death. And yet what he returned to us was kindness and love and favor and grace. Salvation. So maybe people are persecuting you. Maybe that's because you're a Christian. Or maybe that's because of the way you look. Or maybe that's because uh, you've got a certain skin color. Or whatever it might be. Be kind, be kind to them. Be kind to those that persecute you. Be kind to people who have a different political opinion than you. Be kind to people that, uh, that are different than you. You know, maybe if you're young, you want to be kind to an out-of-touch boomer. You know, okay, boomer, all that kind of stuff. Or maybe if you're a boomer, you want to be kind to an entitled millennial. You know, maybe they don't even deserve it. But you're going to be kind to them, right? Because we don't deserve anything that God has given us. And yet he showers his blessings on us. Maybe you want to be kind to your child who's rebelling or going against how you raised them. Maybe you want to be kind to a spouse that seems awfully cranky, especially before they get their coffee in the morning. Maybe you want to be kind to them also. Not because they deserve it, but because it's what God calls you to and because it says something about you and your understanding of of grace. So what, what is kindness, according to Jesus? It's having this family resemblance. It's looking like God. <clears throat> before, I, before I leave this section, I, I, I just want to say one more thing. Um, a lot of people think that kindness is weak. You know, that kindness is uh, you know, kind of letting people walk all over you. And a lot of people actually think that followers of Jesus are, are weak or soft or that uh, they need belief, you know, kind of as a, as a crutch. But when you really think about this and when you really get it and when you really dig into God's word, you see how much strength kindness takes, right? Because it's the easiest thing in the world to lose your temper, or the easiest thing in the world to use, like, your power or your influence or the fact that you've been at your job longer or your age or whatever it is to lord it over people. <clears throat> I mean, who, who's stronger, like a little, a little third grade girl on the playground who's being bullied and turns the other cheek? Or... You know, the boss at the office who owns everything and can just order everyone around and, and use his power. I mean, it takes a lot of strength to turn the other cheek. It takes a lot of strength to pray for people that persecute you. It takes a lot of strength to, uh, to give to people. And that is the kindness that Jesus is, is talking about. Yeah. So... The kindness of Jesus is looking like God, looking like our Father in heaven. So how do we, how do we live this out? 
I think that, that living out the kindness of God, having that understanding, it begins with actually being kind to yourself. Because we beat ourselves up a lot, right? We, we, uh, we have these tapes that play in our head that we try to use to motivate ourselves or to get the life that we want. And sometimes they're anything but kind. Jesus said to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I never thought about that second part, really, until I got to seminary. And the very first paper that we had to write was, how are you going to practice self-care through your ministry so that you don't burn out? And I think about that paper a lot. I think about the ways that I have to be able to... um, to let God's love flow into my life before I can share that with with you guys. And where uh, a lot of times, you know, we think kindness is just, you know, running around and doing everything for everyone else, like making a meal for everyone else all the time, and then you never sit down to eat. Well, that's not kindness. That's, you're not going to be a help to anyone if you're not not eating, if you're not staying... um, what are, so the first question we have to ask ourselves is, you know, what are those tapes that play in our head? You know, evaluate them. Are they messages from the Father who cares about us and who's kind? Or are they messages from ourself that are, that are, that are unkind? You know, what do we need to do at this point to, to show kindness to ourselves, to make sure that, that our battery is all filled up so that we can share with, with other people? Sometimes, it, it takes asking for help. And, uh, you know, if, if, you're an ex, if you're an extrovert, maybe it's reaching out, spending time with people. If you're an introvert, having that time to yourself to recharge your batteries so that you can experience the kindness of God and share that with others. You know, maybe it's this uh, letting God's word and his message and his scriptures rule in our hearts instead of these these tapes that we play. You know, I love that this verse from Zephaniah 3. It says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will not, no longer rebuke you. He will rejoice over you with singing. That's a picture of a kind God who's rejoicing over us. And yet that's not the message that we speak to ourselves often enough. We, uh, we, we're kind to ourselves. We're kind to the, the people that, that we live with. You know, sometimes that's the hardest thing. Sometimes we take the people that we live with for granted and we're not kind to them. Um, I think one practical thing that we could do, husbands, is tell our wives that we love them, not just on Valentine's Day, every day of the year, and to, to, not, to not take those closest to us for granted. Um, to realize that those words spoken in anger, those unkind words, they stick. To live our lives you know, asking for grace and extending forgiveness. And then, when we do those two things, then we show kindness to the world that's you know, outside our door, to the world that's, that's around us. I... I read an article this week about a woman named Lisa Fitzpatrick who she is a health uh, she was a healthcare executive in New Orleans 
And she, uh, about 20 years ago, she was sitting in her car, in the passenger seat, and she, she saw two young boys. They were like 11 years old. She saw them starting to pick up something that was heavy. It was a gun. And they, uh, they used that gun to shoot her in the face. And it grazed her face and put her in the hospital and she could have been killed. It was a gang initiation ritual. The older boys in the gang had, uh, had said to these young kids, 11 years old, if you want to be part of us, you've got to do something like this. And she realized that she was actually just the collateral damage. That the real victims in this story were these, these kids that had never had a family, never had anyone that they could go to, and were so hungry for relationships that they were willing to do that, to join a gang. When, she, when Lisa recovered from this, she, she quit her job, and she started working with gang members. Incredible. She opened up her home to young kids who might otherwise join the gangs, and uh, in the Saturday afternoon that this reporter was visiting her, she had 35 kids hanging out at her house, playing in her backyard, eating food together, experiencing community. And, and this reporter, he asked, he asked her, you know, why, why are all these kids spending the lovely day at the home of this middle-aged woman? And these kids, these 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old kids said, she was the first person to open her door. She was the first person to open her door. Opening the door is an act of kindness. Literally just opening the door so that kids have a place to, to come in and experience God's kindness. The, the crazy thing about this was that the New York Times didn't say this, but when I did research on my own, she's a pastor. She's a pastor, and this is a ministry. It's part of a church that she did. And she, she knows the heart of the Father. She knows the kind heart of God the Father. Because how else do you say, well, I'm just collateral damage, and these are the real victims? I mean, in our own flesh, we're like, you shot me in the face. I'm going to hate you, or I'm going to pick up my weapon and hurt somebody else. <clears throat> But to go in an entirely new direction and to start a ministry that actually helps them and serves them, that is the Holy Spirit. That is, you know, turning the other cheek. That's exchanging love for for the hatred that is shown us. That's literally how we live out this kindness in our lives today. But that brings us to our final question. You know, what, what's our motivation? How can we live lives like this? Um, it's one thing for me as a pastor to just get up here and say, yeah, be nicer. Be nicer to yourself. Be nicer to your husband, your wife, your kids, your parents. Be, be kinder to the world around you. But we're not white-knuckling this. We're not just trying harder. We need the good news of Jesus to motivate us. We need the gospel and what's been done for us to, to deliver us. And, you know, think about, think about all that Jesus has done 
on that cross. Think about how he opened the, the doorway to, uh, to heaven. You know, and how, like when you think about heaven, what do you think about? How do you imagine God like greeting you up, up there? Um, do you imagine a God that's angry or impatient or kind of saying, oh, I can't believe you did this, I can't believe you did that? Is, is he, is God keeping score up there? I mean, <laughs> if he is, none of us has a chance. I mean, the only, the only way we're united with the Father, the only way we're taken to paradise is because of Jesus. Because he's lived this perfect life for us. And he, he gives us his righteousness, his life. And he has gone to all the way to the cross because of his kindness toward us, because of his righteousness. He takes all the things that we do, all the unkind things, the hate, the spite, the lack of gratitude that Jesus was talking about. He takes all that upon himself. And that is crucified. And he gives us love and grace. And yes, he gives us kindness. God is kind. Um, I, read, I read this a couple years ago, and it's, this is what I think of now when I think about heaven. This, uh, this pastor, um, he's over in Japan, Kosoki Koyama. He imagines Jesus says this to the people that he greets upon their death. He says, you've had a difficult journey. That's a kind statement. That's an empathetic statement. We've been through a lot. We suffer in this life. You've had a difficult journey. You must be tired and dirty. Let me wash your feet. The banquet is ready. Imagine Jesus saying that to us. When we die, when he takes us home. You've had a difficult journey. Look at all that you've been through. You must be tired and dirty. Let me wash your feet. Just like he washed his disciples' feet. Let me wash your feet. The banquet is ready. The celebration is ready. The party is ready to begin. Come and feast with me. Everything that you've ever wanted is in Jesus. And we can experience it. That picture is so beautifully kind of God of Jesus welcoming his children home. So may the kindness of Jesus lead you to repentance, right? His kindness leads to repentance. His kindness leads to changing our lives, going in a new direction. May the kindness of Jesus be the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And may the kindness of Jesus shine through you shine through you to this hurting world. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, King of the universe, we bless you for the kindness that you've shown us in Christ. May you correct our understanding of you that your kindness is strength, that, uh, that your love for us is, 
runs deep and is bigger than, than anything that, that we've done. Lord, may we reflect your kindness even to those that annoy us, to those that um, we are impatient with. May your grace and your kindness transform us. And may we become like you, Lord, having the family resemblance, being kind to a world that's so often unkind. Remind us of that, Lord. May we bring into every situation that question, what would kindness look like here? The very kindness of Jesus. We ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.